As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Obviously, there are just an innumerable number, I guess that's redundant, there is a very large number of things that we can talk about from the Kansas City Chiefs nail-biter victory over the not really good Atlanta Falcons as they lock up the number one seed in the AFC. What did that game mean? What does the next week mean? All, all all sorts of things have now risen to the surface here, and we'll talk about it on Time Zars. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. But Seth, I want to go to you first because uh, as you were uh, getting back to uh, to record this podcast after the game, I know you had a very kind of scary situation. Absolutely, yeah. I was I was I was I was I was driving down the street. Um, a, a guy dressed in football pads, actually in a Falcons uniform, was in the road, and uh, I hit him with my car. And then I actually backed over him again, then ran him over again. Fortunately, uh, he was flagged for pass interference <laughs> um, because that's the rule now. That if, if you, because because it, it was, I it got was out of my car and, and I hit tossed him into the pavement. You put him in a headlock. And, and, and but the, but but you. <laughs> You have to remember, Seth, by rule, you were past five yards <laughs> off the line I of scrimmage. Was. I was yeah. five yards away from my house, yeah. which I didn't mean that it becomes the purge after that. Like, I, I had I known this, <laughs> I'd be living my life very differently. So, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do what I want. I don't often say this, and I know it's a weird way to, to start off a show, but that was literally... Sure. The worst call I've ever seen in a football game. Not the most impactful, mind you. Like that pass interference call in the Raiders game was bogus. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but I, I I mean in terms of the worst, as in like totally indefensible. And when you saw Andy Reid screaming at the ref, the ref basically shrugged at him. Was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that was the worst call I've ever seen in my life. In terms of, of pass interference, I can't think of a worse one. Again, not the most impactful, but the worst one. Hayden Hurst hip-checked him. He hip-tossed him to the ground, and the rest called pass interference. And listen, I mean, you're right. That is a very weird place for us to start this show. But, Nate, you know, I know that uh, it's clear at this point we're just tired of doing uh, regular season shows, which gives us something in common with the Chiefs, I think. <laughs> um, Yeah, just... What time does the game start? All right, I'll see you at 2 o'clock. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know, like, um, it's it's hard to put it into words, which is my job. But at the same time, <laughs> like, they looked up and was like, oh, it's 2 o'clock. Oh, it's almost halftime. I guess we should score? I mean, um, the Chiefs are a team that is so... And look, I know the word bored kind of gets thrown around. I wouldn't say they're bored, but they have the ability to be very complacent and yet at a moment's notice, oh, I guess we should go win the game because if we do that quietly, although Andy's never going to say it, like, he's going to sit us, right? He's going to sit us, right? <laughs> so what if we only play for like 30 minutes? Like, you know, like, what if we, lo- not lollygag, but what if we're like a days or we're just... You know, past not making the right protection calls, which he sort of alluded to after the game. And 
I'm not I'm not throwing the ball well, but like if we just put 20 minutes together out of these 60, we'll get next week off. And they somehow got away with it, which is again wild to do in the NFL where you could be like if we only play 20 minutes of good football, we can win against the NFL team. That is like trying to win when they shouldn't try to win. We can talk about that later. But like it's absurd. Like the idea that like okay, 433 left, down four, got to get a touchdown. We've looked god-awful all day on offense. And they go right down the field and score at the two-minute warning. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to explain, but that's that's who the Chiefs are. And as I put on Twitter, they, they can't wait to get to January. And it was pretty clear for, like, half of the game today. Yeah. So I, I, I well, eventually we'll talk about what do they do next week, what do we hear from Andy Reid and everything. Travis Kelsey broke the single season receiving record for a, a tight end receiving yards. Uh, he he got over a hundred receptions in a year again. I mean, you know, it's just every every record Travis Kelsey continues to break those. Um, and of course, again, they locked up the number one seed in the AFC, which I've got a lot of the the, the bye week situation we'll, we'll get to. But the one thing worth noting is that the Chiefs effectively today secured a free win in the the playoffs, which a few weeks ago did not seem like a certainty. This week it, it became one because it felt like, well, this game or the Chargers game, you just need to win one and it's over and all of that. But they officially locked that up, which is certainly an enormous advantage, even more so this year mm-hmm. than in other years because you're two seed and three seed. Everybody else is having to go through that grind. So again, there's a lot of good things that came from the game simply being a win. But I'll, I'll go to you on this one first, Seth. With everything that Nate lays out there, all of the, you know, the idea that, boy, they're ready for January, and man, there's there's just, it feels like there are different versions of this Chiefs team, and, and one thing that I'll point out also is that, you know, they, they turned it on enough to score 17 points and, and 10 in the fourth quarter and be able to actually um, get the win, but they did not convert in some places that would have made things a whole lot easier. They settled for a field goal when a touchdown would have been great. They nearly had an interception mm-hmm. in the end zone that would have looked a lot like that Xavier Howard pick against the Dolphins that would have not not ended the game, but it would have made things really, really, really difficult. Do you do you carry any sort of concern out of this win and in, in what we saw from the Chiefs today? Uh, I mean... Other than what we already knew that any given Sunday, you know, you can lose games. Not really. I, I This is something we already knew that, um, and, you know, it's hard to win games at the NFL level. Um, we The one thing that I think is was weird that makes me at least, okay, so it literally can happen, um, was seeing the Chiefs offense actually struggle um, because that's not mm-hmm. something we've seen outside of like Mahomes being hurt or an incredible day by the opposing defense. One thing I'm interested in is seeing the coverage on the back end on all 22. Like did the Falcons just play unbelievable coverage throughout the game? Uh, I, oh, I have an answer, but continue. Yeah, and sir. that's, I was going to say, Nate, you were there. You get the live all 22 view. Um, they, they just, they just weren't firing all, all cylinders. The funny thing is it's not like they were going three and out a bunch, right? They right. were, they would mm-hmm. get down the field and then around the 50 or the 40, just things would happen. Obviously Mahomes threw one of the worst picks of his career in the red zone. Um, the play after Le'Veon Bell stopped running. I like Bell had a walk-in touchdown. He just started walking a little too soon. Like, I mean, it was just weird. They looked completely out of sync. Mahomes, that's the worst I've seen Mahomes play without obviously knowing the calls, knowing all the things that you need to know to say definitive stuff. I'm going to say something definitive anyway. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst I've seen Mahomes play. Um, he was a little bit off a lot of the day. He and his receivers weren't on the same page. He seemed really bothered by the pass rush in a way that he wasn't against the Saints. Because it's not like, I mean, he, he was under, yes, he was under quite a bit of pressure. And Grady Jarrett is, he and Chris Jones, Nate, you tweeted, you know, it was like a pass rush walk-off. But yep. those guys, are, he's so good. Mm-hmm. But, so good. But he was under more pressure last week. And he played much better. 
And so it was just weird. I've never seen Mahomes be part of the problem. So maybe the one thing that gives you concern is now you, you like we watched in front of all of us against a not very good defense. It can happen. The Chiefs defense can fail to answer the call for most of a game. And had it not been for blind luck on a couple of picks and the defense really showing up because to be fair the defense had a couple of opportunities for big plays that they didn't quite finish too but the defense really won that game it was like traveling back in time to like you know the 2014 era for the Chiefs uh you know if Jamal Charles didn't have a monster game it was kind of like ah the defense needs to hold them to like you know 14 or less and that's what it was so that is cause for concern but I I mean People that are trying to like trace this back, I mean, they just scored 32 against a great defense last week. Um, they scored 33 against the, a great defense the week before. People that are like, oh, the offense is in trouble. It's like, well, I mean, maybe now we know that it can happen, but history tells us that they're, they're going to be fine on offense. In fact, they're going to be really, really good. And so I'm going to choose to take the other thing is that the defense, the much maligned, oft maligned defense, answered the call when it really really mattered and did a great job against a pretty talented Falcons team. Yeah. Nate, would you add anything to that? I'll, I'll start with this. Um, as we mentioned before last week, um, that Falcons team, that's an eight and eight team disguised in a four and 11 record. Like it's so clear to me whether it's Detroit, obviously what happened in Dallas. Um, and Andy Reid kind of said this and I, I understood what he was saying, but it's like that team is better than their record. So, is it a trap game? No, because they should have been focused on winning to lock up the one seed. But it is kind of trappy in two ways. One is, and Seth asked about the coverage standpoint, the coverage was actually better today than I anticipated, given how often the Falcons blitzed. And as we've talked about a ton, mm-hmm. you shouldn't blitz Patrick Mahomes. Like, you shouldn't do mm-hmm. it other than to be like, all right, dog, like, once out of every like eight snaps, I like I gotta blitz you, but like I don't want to, and I'm only bringing the fifth dude. I'm not bringing eight. Like the Falcons yeah. were kind of getting away with bringing seven or six, and they were matching up with man that I just don't think Patrick anticipated. Um, of note, Mike Rimmers came back and played, mm-hmm. played pretty well. Did Andrew Wiley play well? Mm. Did did Austin Ryder play well? Mm. Did Nick Allegretti play well? My answer to those three questions would be no, Nate. That's my answer. So not particularly would be my answer. And so that's the difference between New Orleans and I think today, where New Orleans it was clear that Patrick understood my tackles need me to be at my absolute best, and even sometimes mm. when I'm looking. And my sets are correct, and my dropbacks are fine, and my feet and technique. Sometimes I can still get sandwiched by two dudes, okay? Mm-hmm. Today it was different because there wasn't an immediate person open within two seconds, which is obviously not usually the case when against the Chiefs offense, particularly when you blitz. And there was pressure from the interior more so than from the outside, I feel like. And so there are some slight differences as to why the offense struggled today. I think the Falcons, this was clearly like, okay, one, two, three, Super Bowl. Because who do we play next week? I ain't even going to talk about that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was clear the Falcons were like, this is our season. Like, we ain't got nobody else. I ain't even looked at the Falcons' schedule. I guess I will here in a minute. But, like, it was pretty clear to them that, like, hey, you know, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to do anything between now and the end of the season, like, hey, you know, we should really give it our all. Uh, Raheem Morris, coaching for his job, y'all. Literally. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, if the Falcons somehow would have beaten the Chiefs, Arthur Blank would have had a hard decision to make. Because if you beat mm. the Chiefs at home, Arthur Blank's like, I mean, uh. <laughs> and he was in attendance today. So he did want to see his team against the Super Bowl champions. Um, I just, I, I get the sense offensively, Tyreek Hill is not 100%. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins got hurt. Uh, again, when he got hurt last time, uh, Chiefs lost. Because, like, it's hard to, it's hard for them to adjust. When Watkins isn't on the field, Travis Kelsey was like hobbling in the fourth quarter and like still playing in the game, which is again just like remarkable to think about now that he holds the NFL record for the most receiving yards from the tight end position for a single season. Um they need to they they 
they got to the finish line. It's like they, it's not like they're on full collapse mode in terms of like if you've ran a, a mile and you're like, I just got to get to the finish line. But they got there and they need time off. They need to rest. We can get into that obviously later in more detail. But the coverage wasn't as bad as you would anticipate from the one of the worst secondaries in the mm-hmm. league. Um, but the worst secondary in the league did kind of show itself because AJ Terrell made a great play and then like he it, dropped it. He dropped it. So, you know, and then what? The next snap, they got got. Cause like, you know, it, it happens when you're playing Patrick Mahomes. Like, if this is a reminder for the playoffs, like the Falcons need to be more perfect than the Chiefs. Like, you have to get that interception or you have to make that field goal to at least force the game into overtime. Like, you there, there can't be any <laughs> er- field goal. Yeah, I mean, there can't be any errors there. I know that field goal is just whoo, good lord. Um, but Josh, remind me if I'm wrong. Like today was a little bit different, just because they knew the possible outcome, and it's different than going on the road against a team that you know is good, that you know you may face in the Super Bowl if everything works out for both teams, versus like we're at home. And I just got to get through today. And if I get through today, it's kind of like the last day before I go on vacation. Like, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it. The, the one thing, there are two things that, one you touched on, and one that I would just sort of expand on a little bit, that, that stuck out to me in a way that is, again, we're talking about problems on such a different scale for them than anybody else. We're talking about Chiefs problems, not Jets problems or Falcons problems or Chargers problems or whatever. But... The the fact that it seemed like even it, it seemed like it took longer than I would have expected. If you would have said, "Hey, it's seven seven at halftime. What's the final score?" I would have been like, "I don't know, twenty seven fourteen, right. not mm-hmm. not seventeen fourteen. I would have said, "Well, you know, maybe maybe Travis Kelsey comes up limping a little bit, and Tyree kills a little gimpy, and Sammy Watkins disappears with a calf. The word calf we haven't heard since a few weeks ago. That's concerning." They have no linebackers, which we really haven't fully mentioned, but they they lost Ben yep. Neiman in the game after having Anthony Hitchens on the COVID list. Damian Wilson still hurt. So that that game was ended up being Willie Gay and dudes called up from the practice squad, essentially, and still Willie Gay wasn't on the field at the end. We can come back to that also. <laughs> uh, but but I, I just, I think for the, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there, um, sort of mindset to continue to not freak anybody out, it it should be a bit. It, you you'd like to see it be a bit more emphatic. You know, we go. Oh, they after they just they just hit the Rockets, and now they've just left charred embers of the Falcons in their in the past, and they finally win a game by more than one possession. Ever, and it just it all still felt really difficult, and and that that's something that again, talking about Chiefs problems here, but that's something that I don't think we're we're used to in, in a, a situation, even whenever you're not panicking about the first two quarters. The one other thing it, you guys touched on this uh, a, a good amount already, but I was just sort of surprised by how effective the blitz seemed to be. Cause that's never been true. Yeah, like that, never. We, we, we've talked time and time again, like you said, Nate, you know, blitz once every eight plays and send one guy if you want. But I, I guess if I, and I haven't, you know, I, we watched the game live and, and I was watching the broadcast view and all that stuff. So I, um, I reserve the right to later be be declared wrong, but I'm, I'm guessing it's the I'm guessing it was the combination of internal pressure getting there through the guards um, naturally, you know, in a more standard rush, and then also some effectiveness from the blitz. But usually, it just seems like if you bring anybody, if you bring more than four guys, Mahomes is going to find a matchup that opens up, and you know, like you said, maybe the coverage was just better than we expected because it, it seemed like that wasn't happening either. Um, I don't know. Those are the two things that that did leave me, you know lowercase w worried just things i noticed that i don't think are probably going to be problems again come playoff time but if you've got a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth you know it i headed into the to the playoffs and everything i get it it's kind of a gross way to end a season where they're 14 <laughs> one, right one, i mean that's just insane that, that's what you have to remove your 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 brain from is like what yeah. they were in September is not obviously the case now. Like, attrition has arisen. And, I, you know, the Falcons blitz, but they got burned on the last drive. And that's and that's kind of the, the ebb and flow of this, right? Like, they got away with it for about a three and a half quarters. And then Mahomes sort of knifed them at the end. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot changes on that near interception that wasn't. But, I, like, again... 
Have we seen Patrick Mahomes technically play a bad game in the postseason? The answer, kids, is no. Even despite only scoring 10 points for three and a half quarters in the Super Bowl. Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. asking asking this more than not in January when they've had Andy Reid coming off a bye and you would assume more guys healthier. Um, it, it feels a little different, but I, I think the best thing I can think of is just they are human. I've said this before, uh, despite them being like, you know, obviously the front runners for the Super Bowl, but like they're human. And like, for whatever reason, I can't tell if it was windy down there to affect yeah. Patrick Mahomes's timing and rhythm with receivers. Um, it was clear that the Chiefs wanted to not really push Tyreek Hill on certain routes. Like that is clearly a case. They they fed McCole Hardman more. And look, like McCole's really good. He ain't Tyreek Hill. All right. Like, even mm. in year two, he's not coming close to what Tyreek Hill can do to a secondary. So the Falcons were in some ways benefiting from the idea that, hey, this guy has a right hamstring. He's gutting it through to try to get the one seed because again, if they win, he ain't gonna play next week. Like the Falcons benefited in a lot of ways, but Mahomes still figured it out in the end, which always gives the Chiefs the advantage, no matter what the score is, you know, in the fourth quarter. Like, again, they only have 10 points with four minutes and 33 seconds left, and I am still expecting them to go score a touchdown. And what happened? They, they went down and they scored a touchdown because they, they still have a quarterback who understands, despite all the mistakes he's made, or how poor his offensive line is, or the fact that some of his skill position players aren't right, they they still they still have an ability to to call the right plays, um, which I can get to here in a little bit. Because um, guys, they didn't they didn't run anything after after fourth and inches. Like mm. literally, they didn't run anything of any sophistication <laughs> after fourth and inches. <laughs> like, um, and they felt that they could get away with it, and they got away with it. And that is the ballsy boldness that the Chiefs are working with. They're, they're, they're not playing regular NFL games. Like, what route today did Tyreek Hill run that you normally see this year? He didn't he didn't run one. Like, yeah. they they didn't take shots downfield with route combinations that I've seen all year. They they just didn't use them. Like they mm-hmm. sitting from the press box, it was so clear. That today was going to be a Kelsey day, which I think makes a lot of sense regardless of who the opponent is. And they just didn't they didn't take shots until they were literally forced to. And that was the last drive. Where Kelsey becomes wide open based on a certain route combination that, that obviously I think Seth will probably get to in his film study of Mahomes. And then as I sort of noted on Twitter, they had not ran that same route in that same situation with that same formation for Demarcus Robinson to score the game winner up until last year. So, again, when Andy Reid gets down, you just start to see, like, the legitimate plays versus, like, here's the most vanilla thing we can do on week 16 to clinch the one seed just because we think we have better talent than you. And nine times out of ten, that usually works. But the Falcons were were a worthy opponent today. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I was gonna just let Seth jump in, but I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know. We also we had a little delay sometime. That's one of the that well that that awkward silence there. And in fact, perhaps even this part is something that Danielle can edit out. <laughs> it doesn't feel like we're lying to the audience. You know, that was just a, that was just a fumble. You know, even the great that ones, was the that was the almost pick in the yes. end zone. Yeah, which uh. I actually, you know what? All right, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take the ball back because I I let it I let it flip there for a second. I want to talk about that for just one second. 
the the one thing that I don't, and then I'm coming back to you, Seth. The the one thing that I just want to be a little bit careful about, I guess, is that the analysis that we're giving doesn't really change based on that pass being caught or not, because that mm-hmm. was a pass that that Xavier Howard caught, yes. and that probably should have been a pick, and pro and you know it should have been is really tough. It was a tough play. But it could have been a pick very, very realistically and probably would have meant the Falcons winning this game. It's it's a really strange spot where I feel like our analysis of the game probably deserves to be the same if they would have won or lost on that play, which is why I feel like I feel a little bit negative about how this game ultimately went because it just that that was not the. Chiefs turn it on in the fourth quarter and and the Demarcus Robinson touchdown, like you're saying, Nate. You know, that that was a play that really in that moment, freeze frame, could have swung the game 100% in either direction. And I just, that that still matters to me, right? Like that, I, I think that that's relevant to note that the Chiefs were better than the Falcons when all things were said and done. And then also in that moment, they were luckier and they needed to be luckier than the other team, which hasn't been true maybe all year in terms of kind of needing that to actually even things back up. So that's just something that, I don't know, it's kind of sticking with me um, mm-hmm. from the game through the throughout few hours since. Um, Seth, what else do you have on that or on whatever from the game? Honestly, from the game itself, you know, football is such a small sample size gig that we, we always mm-hmm. take away too much from any individual game. Yeah. The one interesting thing that I think is at least worth noting is that two of the last three weeks now, um, we've watched the pass rush do pretty well. Yep. Um, and especially this game. Now, again, Atlanta's offensive line is not very good. Um, and so I, I I don't know if we should get our hopes up to see what we saw from the Chiefs down the stretch last year. But Clark, a couple weeks in a row now, starting to yes. look more like himself. Yes. That's a huge development. Um, Chris Jones, you take Chris Jones off this team and replace him with just a guy in the interior. I don't know if the Chiefs win that game. Because he, there were like, there were like three drives, like you said, him and Grady were just taking turns. It's like, ah, oh, guess I gotta go out there and hit their quarterback three downs in a row again, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. or sack him. Yeah, or, I mean, three, and so like his stats line is so weird. Chris Jones, I mean, one tackle because of the sack, but the dude was everywhere. <laughs> he mm-hmm. he hit, um, based on the box score right now, he hit uh, Matt Ryan four times. It felt like he hit him twelve. Yeah, yeah. It was he. He did a great job. So the the pass rush showing up is something worth noting. I'm I'm. This game is so. It's just one game, and it's so hard to know what to take from it. That I'm back and forth on even writing like an overall takeaway. I might just skip right ahead to looking at how Willie Gay Jr. did mm-hmm. right, or you know little things like that. Um, there really, I think another thing I would take from it. If we're talking bigger picture things that that maybe are kind of a continuity of the entire season issue, I don't understand why we've got and he's a good guy. He's you know he's a good dude. You know how I feel (laughs) about good dudes. I don't really like criticizing players, not because I'm soft on the team, because these these are gonna be. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Seth, don't say the player yet. Nate, do you want to guess who the player is gonna be? Because I I think there are. I, I think I know the answer, but I'll let you go first. Um, is it is offense defense too simplistic of a clue? It's uh, offense. Oh, I, yeah, it's. I think I know. Go ahead, you can take that though. Go ahead, Nate. I mean, oh man, I. Oh, you know what? I you, think there are two possible. Yeah, options. I, I'm, I yeah, I'm, I'm honestly really you. You go, Josh, since you, you're more confident than I am. I'm gonna leave you the other one. I think it's. Mm, I, you know what? I remember who the other one might be. And I, mm. <laughs> Holy cow. Mm. I am like, this is, I'm making the podcast struggle today. This is kind of yeah. nice. I, Do you have look, two answers, Nate? I'll leave you the other one. Yeah, okay, I'm going to stick with my gut, my, my initial reaction. There there are two guys that I think need to be replaced. Yeah. I, okay. All but right, but all right. one I, is much more obvious than the other, and the first one is the one I was going to talk about first. All right. I think I'm going to get this wrong then. I think that you are going to be Donkey Kong out here jumping over barrels because you are not a fan of Daryl the Barrel. I think you're tired of Daryl <laughs> uh, Williams' handoffs. But I think I think that Nate's going to get the actual answer now based off the further clues. Um, I think it's either... <sighs> 
Are you gonna Are you gonna say Austin Ryder? I Ooh. he he's the secondary one. The oh, first okay. one I'm gonna say is Andrew Let's, Wiley. Andrew Wiley, yeah. And, okay. and I understand. Right. I understand that he was playing Grady Jarrett, and Jarrett's a stud. It's like playing Jones. You're gonna get got. I get that, but he was getting got constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And quickly run past and it was happening to him last week against the Saints too. And and I'll I'll add this too. There was one snap early in the first half that I noted where Patrick Mahomes, even though he criticized himself after the game, made all the right calls, checked into the right play, understood what the what the Falcons were gonna do. Cause he's he even knew, like, y'all really blitzing me? Okay, all right, cool. Like, made all the checks. The guy who gives up the pressure is Andrew Wiley. Like, it's a hat on a hat. And you need, obviously, your blockers to protect you. And in that case, you're like, just give me, like, two, like a second and a half. Because with Mahomes' mobility, um, he can obviously create off of that. I mean, the, 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 the blitz got there in, like, a second. I mean, you know, and so that's – and the person who's at fault there is Andrew Wiley. He didn't hold up his end of the bargain, even though the quarterback, right. quarterback made the right pre-snap pass protection adjustment. And I think changed the play mm-hmm. uh, correctly, too. Because the route got shorter, I can't remember who the who the skill position player was, but he had to even throw the ball quicker than he wanted to, just because the pressure yes. got there from Andrew Wiley. Correct, and that's I mean, look, Wiley was was starting at left guard when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. This isn't going to be something that stops him from winning the Super Bowl. Same with Austin Ryder starting at center. Both of them, I think, have played worse than they did last year, uh, based on what I've seen in charted, and Wiley in particular has just struggled. Um, it's been game in and game out. He's had some good moments, but he's just overall not played particularly well. And normally I would say, well, that's just tough cookies. It's tough to find good offensive linemen in the NFL or even subpar ones. There's a lot of bad offensive lines in the NFL. The problem is the Chiefs have Stefan Wisniewski come in for one game against the Saints, and he wasn't part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he was dominant or anything right. like that, but he wasn't part right. of the problem. Um They've also had Daniel Kilgore come in at center and played pretty well from all appearances that I could see. Mm-hmm. And so they have options there, and that that's concerning to me because they're, they're going to run into some dominant interior guys in the playoffs, and they need to not have it completely wreck their game plan, and they need to have it not completely force them to have everything be you know a bootleg or a rolling pocket or constant double teams or whatever because people love to talk about all oh, players are constantly double teamed. the reality is that's more scheme than player unless it's like aaron donald right. right and and you really mess with your blocking schemes when you're constantly having to call it, an initial and lasting double team on one interior defensive and lineman. it puts your and it puts your tackles on an island which normally would would be fine but not right now yep and that's and that's the other thing i'm really curious I feel like if they had an option to get Mitch back for the playoffs, they would have wanted to play him a little bit. Um, we'll see what happens. Mitch Schwartz, if I recall, before the season started, and then this is you—you you really hit on that, Nate. You can cover some issues in the interior line when you can leave one or both of your tackles on an island constantly, because that allows them to bunch on the interior and just do their thing. Whereas when you got a right tackle that needs a little help inside, that changes things a lot. There's a domino effect there. And this is why Andy Reid's been able to ask Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, uh, Fisher less successfully, but still getting her done. You notice he didn't hear his name much. Hey, Um, uh, he a Pro Bowl player. Like, just just face the facts. He is a Pro Bowl player. He's now he's not playing with a horrible back against a Pro Bowl player. Like <laughs> right, that was a difference right. there. Because Hendrickson can really right. play. So I would just say that you you see some of one of the issues with Schwartz, one of the reasons at the beginning of the year, you know, we always talk about who the most important players in the offense was. Mitch Schwartz was always right up there with everyone else. Yeah. Um and Mahomes can negate that to a certain extent, and he has. Um, and Mike Remmers has come in and played admirably, but he's not Mitch Schwartz. And honestly, you know, at the the rate we're seeing from Wiley, I mean, crud, you could you could bump Mike Remmers inside. You could you could do something yes, to be different. But that's I'm more concerned about that. Again, though, and I, I'm tempted to write about this, but I, I just I honestly, this is so it, to me, it's such an obvious point that it doesn't feel worth three hours of my life to write <laughs> about it. I, it just doesn't. They did just put up. 
point, 30 plus points on two of the five best defenses in the NFL. And then another one that some might argue is a top seven defense in the Bucs. They put up yep. 27 mm-hmm. on. And that was with miscues and with without playing perfectly. This is a great offense. It's the best offense in the league. They had a down game. And I think because we've never seen that from a healthy Mahomes... It's like, whoa, there must be some deeper thing going on here. Like, no, nah, I think no, Mahomes just no, he kind of played a bad yeah, game. It, it's 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 a couple things, and you're and you're right on it, Seth. And you know this too, Josh. Like, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a red zone interception, which never happens, <laughs> they probably blow out. They they probably win comfortably. I shouldn't say blow out, but they comfortably beat the Atlanta Falcons because that's where the game was headed. But because yep. of that interception, you get not even three points on the board. And now the Falcons, you just let the Falcons hang around another 10 minutes where the game, the the I feel like the complexion of the game really changed on that interception just because it's yeah. no points and you've never seen him throw a pass where it's like, even on the, uh, on, they, 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 I think they did some pre-snap motion and it's pretty clear they're playing zone. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't see the linebacker whether it's behind the offensive line or he just didn't see him in the, in the sight line. And so you just never see that. But um, if that play doesn't happen, they probably, you know, we're probably having a different tune about the offense as a whole, but if they get back to being healthy and Andy Reed and Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka have two weeks to work on plays that are more designed for a specific opponent that they are, that they have probably already seen. Cause unless it's the Colts, the Browns or the Steelers, you're playing somebody that you've seen before. Um, the offense will be more dynamic. I mean, they did things against the Saints that they did not do today, and that was strategic by them. I, I, I believe, based on watching it in real time, realizing they're running plays that are not elementary, but they're not advanced either, and and they they feel like they can get away with it, and they and they did. The the one thing, and I'm gonna my my next very strong opinion. In fact, my strongest opinion of the podcast is going to come in a few minutes, and uh, I'm I'm going to go from being the voice of the concerned fan to the voice of the shut up and let them do this thing guy. So we're really gonna we're gonna show our range here in today's Woo! episode. But the the one thing that I do think it, a lot of people are probably feeling at the moment is that. You know, you can say, well, listen, it was just one bad game. We don't have to dissect that to every single every single iota. But we did never see that, and we saw it today. The one thing that I imagine a decent number of people are feeling is, well, if that happens in three weeks, the season ends way sooner than it should. Because it, it, you're not doing it against the Falcons. You're doing it against yeah. the Colts or the Steelers or whatever. And I think that that's both a little rational and a little irrational because the sample size would say this is not going to happen again soon. These are not issues that are probably going to be repeatable two or three weeks from now. And uh, and you should probably just sort of chill. But I also understand that kind of automatic, almost automatic response that some people are probably dealing with at this point. That totally makes sense. We tend to respond to the thing that we've seen most recently. You know, mm-hmm. recency bias. There's a reason. There's a term for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's definitely worth being concerned in that sense, like just the idea, kind of like what I touched on earlier, the fact that it actually can happen. The offense can fail to hit that streak that, that you know, we talked about that comparing them to the Warriors, right? Or mm-hmm. like, you know, Josh, this would be before your time, but like if you're talking like the 96 Bulls, they were going to go on a streak where they – where Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, and Luke Longley, shout out Luke Longley, <laughs> shut you down. Shut you down 10 straight possessions, right? Like you barely got the ball past half court. And then Jordan hit seven straight shots. And then maybe, you know, Pippen hit a three and dunked mm-hmm. on a fast break. And suddenly you were down 25. They've been able to do, to do yes. that. And this time it just didn't really happen. They ended up in a dogfight the whole game. We've been used to watching them dogfight, dogfight, dogfight. Whoa, big run! And then kind of a dogfight, but the result is pretty much predetermined. So I think Mm. that's a reason to be worried because it can happen. If you want to flip it on... Well, you know what? Before you flip it on on its head because you said you're going to be optimistic later, I'm going to be optimistic with you at that point. So it can happen, and that's scary to see, especially against a bad team like the Falcons. Even though they were playing their Super Bowl, you could you could convince me that Bob Sutton coached a really good game mm-hmm. and, <sighs> and threw some. Tell him, look, Sam. You, you know, 
I know the way Bob Sutton's tenure ended in Kansas City, but you know what? We all really liked him his first few years, and there were times where he threw some games at some quarterbacks that just destroyed them, and it just seemed like Mahomes wasn't as ready for some of the blitzes as you'd normally see. He looked a little more flustered out there. I, I genuinely, worst game I've ever seen Mahomes play. Bob Sutton gets credit for that to a, to an extent, at least uh, flustering them enough. So there's that I can understand. How high like, up on the staff is he? His official title is defensive analyst. If I can find a way to not give him any credit for this, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, Bob Sutton single-handedly, <laughs> he single-handedly lined up at nose tackle. <laughs> Um, so I can see that reason to be concerned because he's, I, I think he's the high on their website. He's the highest ranking defensive coach now with Ricky yeah. Morris being mm-hmm. the, the interim yes, head coach. Yeah. He, he is. Look, oh, look, he knows. Andy, I really didn't want to give. He knows Bob Andy Reid. He knows Eric Bieniemy. And 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 he knows Andy Reid's old stuff, which is mostly what you yep. saw. And Andy, we we saw a bunch of things come together this game. Andy didn't coach his best game. That fourth and one. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, and then you later on, you've got a third and four where you're doing an option pitch to Daryl Williams, who yes. I actually, today, when Daryl Williams gets even decent blocking, he looks miserable to tackle. Absolutely. Like, if you're like a, even a linebacker, but especially like a safety, you're like, oh, God, this guy's going to put his his helmet in my chest again. Yes, like, yes. Because that's how he runs. I mean, he's a freight train. But, I mean, they, they made some mystifying play calls. Mahomes, they, they had some drops that were a bummer. Everyone they, punted, basically they punted played. once when they definitely shouldn't have. They I'm not going to talk once. about it for a whole podcast, but they, boy, oh, howdy, that one bummed me out. I whichever one they're talking about, I'm sure they should have punt. They should not have punted it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my my slip is to just automatic. Oh, I gotta argue with him, right? Yeah. Well, um, Josh is probably wrong. That seems like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like Josh said something. What did he say? Up, down, down. The answer's down. <laughs> um, they basically had everything come together in a way that we've never seen it happen before. With with Mahomes healthy, in that Reed didn't coach his best game. Mahomes played. I again, I think the worst game we've seen him play healthy. The receivers, other than Kelsey, I think Hill was kind of on a bit of a pitch count, yeah. um, in terms of targets at least. And then you've got Travis Kelsey. It's like, ah, oh, I'll do it myself, guys. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the greatest tight end in the history of the game. Sure, whatever. I'll drag my one leg down the sideline, um, you know, against Tyreek's mystifying block in the back penalty. So all those are reasons to be concerned because we've never seen it happen before. And now it did. And when you see it happen most recently, you think to yourself, oh, crap, could it happen again? And, and, and this is the beauty of sports. That pit in your stomach that you may feel as a Chiefs fan is why sports is so exciting. Because the yeah. one game, win or go home, that January is going to bring is, is like, the feeling in of itself is great and terrible at the same time. Because <laughs> you know the Chiefs have the best roster. 1 through 53. It, it's clear. We've had 15 weeks of this. 16 now. Um... But it can happen. Like, they are human. And what they do in January will define them. Like, they have now gone 14-1, guys. And none of that will matter in January if they lose. Yep. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Yep. That's a good take. That's such a good take. Josh and I are reduced to to mindless sycophants. Just, yep, yep. That's a good take, boss. That's a good take. So... Well, maybe yeah, I, I'm, I'm also that. terrified that my internet's not holding up. Like, I got a little <laughs> warning again. I think apparently, if you can hear me now, it's fine. Yeah, so we're okay. Yes. I heard everything Nate said. It was it was it was uh, brilliant and uh, well said, and uh, great little great little dismount to maybe a new topic. How do you guys feel about a new topic? Woo woo! I I would love to talk about a new topic. Like, well, I, I you know what what is wrong with me? Why am I such a control freak, guys? Josh, what do you want to talk? I'm glad you asked, Seth. I don't want to talk about what the Chiefs are going to do next week. Hey, yes, yay! Right. Oh, we were so in sync, my friend. Woo, woo, woo. We're moving on to the next issue on the docket. We don't have a docket. We stopped having a docket on this show about a year, about, I don't know, eight months ago, I think. Um, the third episode. About the third episode. Well, like, I don't know. You stopped looking at the docket in the third episode. I stopped making the docket <laughs> after I kept realizing no one else was in this Google Doc. No, but so uh, we have to talk about what's going to happen next week. Nate, I'll let you go to, first to what Andy Reid said and didn't say from the post-game presser. We, we might have more info on this on Monday, and, and we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm guessing Andy Reid's probably going to have um, some, some slightly hedged bets or some slightly 
not completely forthright answers as we go. But the Chiefs now have nothing to gain by winning uh, next week against the Chargers. It is the Chargers who gave them a little bit of trouble earlier this season. Justin Herbert looks great right now. That pass rush gave Mahomes some trouble. Um, I'll, I don't want to tip my hand as to where I'm at, but but in terms of what you think is most likely to happen, what you heard from Andy Reid, uh, do you expect the Chiefs to rest some of, most of, none of, all of their starters next week against the Chargers? Uh, because again, the one seed in the AFC is now locked up, and all they have to play for is to the difference between being fourteen and two and fifteen and one. Right. The guys in the locker room would love to have fifteen and one um on their like you know resume um Mm -hmm. i am going to pursue this and this may be in the athletic it might be in the athletic i I need to hedge a little bit here um if you go to the athletic.com it's there now yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) definitively andy reed texted nate andy reed went nick saban so for all Mm y'all tuscaloosa fans out here this (laughs) man got (laughs) to a podium and was like Whoo, shout out to the Falcons. Tough win. Glad guys battled through it. Don't ask me, kids. Like, don't <laughs> quit asking. Like, he he basically was like, I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking. Like, Coach, nobody's asked a question yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled an actual, he actually pulled a Nick Saban for the Tuscaloosa fans out there. What I think is going to happen um, is that they're going to have a nice little conversation tomorrow morning at the facility. And this is up to guys like Crochet, Tim Terry, Mike Berganzi, Brett Veach. This is when the head coach comes to the GM in the front office and says, who can I live with this week? <laughs> like, there's, there's no reason of any regard to put people in harm's way. Because football is a violent sport. That's full-on contact. Yep. And I don't, as I mentioned earlier, they kind of drag themselves to the finish line. Um, because even the guys that were playing and played well are, are, are like seriously hurt. <laughs> like there's, there's a football hurt that everybody has in late December. Um, I think Andy Reid's going to hedge all week and there might be some guys in uniform that might even concern you, but you got to have like mm-hmm. some level of backups. So the fun thing for me to do from an exercise tomorrow is I actually want to get to a point where I can even tell myself. Who are the 40 guys that they can actually play with? A lot of that is obviously you can elevate more guys from the practice squad this year mm-hmm. uh, versus based on the league rules with the COVID restrictions. Um, who knows if guys like Anthony Hitchens will be back or Mitchell Schwartz or even somebody like, you know, Martinez Rankin, like who has not been in uniform of late because uh, he was inactive. So all this is to say is like it's a mental exercise that I'm interested in doing because – there's no way Patrick Mahomes should play football until mid-January. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I, I think, I think Andy Reid is going to be like, "Hey, you know, see how the week goes." But honestly, guys, I don't, I don't see how Week 17 matters, other than if your name is like Willie Gay, Legereus Sneed, mm-hmm. DeAndre Baker. Man, do you mm-hmm. play Colin Saunders? You, mm-hmm. Do you play Legereus Sneed? I think so. I, oh. I, Andy Reid, look, this is an Andy Reid and, in a lot of ways, Steve Spagnuolo's principles right. and philosophy where rookies play. Like, mm-hmm. um, this was even clear a couple years ago because I got to, again, I got to research all of this. But, like, when Patrick Mahomes made his first NFL start in week 17 after uh, the Chiefs could not move up or down based on their playoff seeding at that point with Alex Smith as the leading man, um, they played every rookie, I believe, in that game. That was available to them based on health. So, Charvarius Ward was in a different spot than obviously Legereus Sneed was, but I remember he played in week 17 mm-hmm. um, as a rookie. There, There's a baseline to where you have to understand, like, the rookies probably need to play more than the veteran guys. Um, so even for as talented, and I mean, good Lord, who saw Legereus Sneed being the best defensive player in the NFL out of the draft? <laughs> 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 Who saw that coming? But I think he will play. But it's a it's a it's an important game for some of the guys I mentioned earlier, and um, you know Chad Henney, Matt Moore. This is why you earn your paychecks. Yeah, I, I I totally you're right about what's going to happen. 
in my opinion. Like, they're definitely going to play Legereus Sneed, and I'm going to sit there like every tackle he tries to make, every ball he dives after, I'm going to be like, Legereus, no! Like, <laughs> and, and just because I just, gosh. I mean, he's he's become a really important part of the defense. Um Honestly, I wonder, like, you know, and we, we joke around all the time about drafts and that kind of stuff. If he'd been picked in the first round, I you might hear conversations about him as defensive rookie right. of the year. Although, I mean, he lost a lot of the year to injury, so probably not. But you'd hear much more about him because, the you know, where someone was drafted generally basically dominates their narrative in their first year unless they're an absolute superstar. Um, which I think he might be. Which he kind of is. He kind of is. <laughs> he is just a really good player. He's good at everything. Um, I'm still haven't charted his snaps because I'm still afraid to get hurt again. Uh, I, I just I can't do it, guys. I I will do it in the off season when I have a full Slight. like yeah yes. full slate. And even then, you're not gonna believe like the first like the first three paragraphs of that in like size 36 font will be cornerback play is difficult to project, guys. So we don't know. But I, I just, I've seen a lot of people, and Josh, I saw you do a great tweet on this, so I kind of want to hear your thoughts before I offer my thoughts, because, you know, I like you, and I like, I like hearing, I like hearing what so, you have to say. So kind of I actually got, like, three different messages, um, like, seriously, three different messages or DMs this week asking Josh if you and I are, like, feuding behind the scenes. <laughs> and so I really do feel the need to let people know. Like, Is this a behind the music? We, like we, we, like, we, Josh and, wow. Josh and I tend to lean into the all. bit, guys. It's okay. We still talk in text outside of the yeah. shows. Like, it's usually, you know, him, him, de- Yeah, you know, we're not coming up. They're, 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 yeah. they're middle finger emojis, but, you know. Besides that, yeah, no, we we, we do text <laughs> off the show, and you know, and just just privately, where I send him things like, "Please stop telling people to DM me." My Twitter oh, hey, account is hey, unrecoverable. Of which, at this happy point. birthday, just man! Just fun, yeah. Kali, that was Thanks, so Seth. great. Yep, uh, Nate Nate and Dan- Nate and Danielle texted me to say happy yes. birthday, and you tweeted something that ruined my phone. <laughs> I <birthday>. did. <laughs> I know. I know. But I do this because I care. Consider it pure joy. You know what? Yeah. I'm not going to do this right I, now. I, I just again, I just want to be the yeah. guy. Like, I don't know if I'm like the bassist, and you guys are like <laughs> lead guitar drummer. Look, guys, I just, like I, it's going to be like I know this is a bad reference, but like it, it really will be a VH1 behind the music where I'm just like, <laughs> you know, there was a time in year three where like ah, we would end the show. And then I wouldn't see those guys until sound check, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know, like. I mean, there'd be times where, like, I didn't even know what song we were playing just because they would <laughs> give each other looks, and I'd be like, Uh-oh. but there's people in front of us. You know, oh, we got to play. We gotta- they, they started <laughs> writing different buses to travel on individually. And you know, like, which bus Seth, do I go on? Seth was on? just eating unbelievable amounts of pizza. Josh <laughs> was doing unbelievable amounts of methamphetamine. It yeah. was just... <laughs> and, I, and I look, I just, I just try to show up, do my little dun 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 and, like, just... Just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to be a good, a good guy that, that's on base and just keeping this, keeping this thing afloat. But it got really hard in year three. No, no matter the how success, many high pitched noises I made, they would keep fighting. Yeah, the it success was, would just get, you know, success does a lot of crazy things to a lot of crazy people, and you know, I just. Oh. I, the only problem I have with that analogy is that you're the bassist, because I think that the better, the better analogy is you're like the guitar playing front man. And you weirdly have two drums, <laughs> and it would be so easy. It would, it would be so easy to just get a different drummer. But I just kept telling the producers, "Would be fine." I need more drumming. I need. I just need. I just need more. Need more cymbals. I need more hi hats. I'm in the background with a cowbell, just kind yeah. of doing my thing, guys. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to. Is that what you wanted me no. to talk about? <laughs> no. I, okay, that was such a weird. W- I was no, so confused. I, I just, uh, I, I had saw you, you, you made a couple of really good tweets with regards to. You made a couple of really good tweets. I am, I am. <laughs> it's a thousand, fine. You're doing you great. You went on to the uh, the electronic webmail, I believe it was, <laughs> and yes. on that intra highway, you you made a few uh, letters to to people to the populace as a whole, and you yes. kind of talked about the the rationale of starting. You know your starters versus sitting them. Yeah, and I want to hear what yes. you have to say on that because I am like, I was like, ah! and then I read your electronic mail 
tweeter. And I was like, man, that dude, Thank I like you. the cut of his jib. That makes sense. This is this is where I go from being the voice of the maybe concerned fan to telling the maybe concerned fans, y'all got to chill right now for a number of reasons. Like people, because people, the, the, the question is, well, you know, will they be rusty if they take off <laughs> two weeks and they end up, uh, you know, playing that first playoff game off of a two-week rest? If they do rest their right. starters in week 17 before obviously having the first round by in the playoffs. And I, I've got a few things that just sort of leap off the page to me, a bunch of different reasons that they should be resting every single person that they reasonably can play your young guys. You want to get more reps from, but don't play anybody that if you lost them in week 17, you would be really, really afraid about what that would mean for your playoff run. And even more than that, rest the guys who could benefit by simply, if not getting healthier, just not getting more banged up for a number of reasons. So one, look at the offensive line. Fisher was Eric Fisher was heaving last week and he looked yes. better today, like significantly better today. Mike Rimmers missed last week. He looked perfect. Mm-hmm. Like he looked fine today. I don't know that either of those guys' level of play will get significantly better with two weeks of rest, but why make them play in a meaningless game? Neither of those guys' biggest issue is not getting enough reps. They'll step back out there in two weeks and they'll look absolutely good doing it. The other thing is if you're worried about the team as a whole, I, you know, I think every individual guy you've got different arguments for. But if you're talking about the team as a whole, going into next, go, going into the playoff game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we talk so much about Andy Reid off of a bye, and even Andy Reid at the beginning of the season. This team was not rusty against the Texans. This team has never right. been rusty off of a bye. You can have right. different things you nitpick with, but you've never, no one's ever said, "Man, this team doesn't look like it's in football shape" or whatever. And they're right. not—they're they're not going to take off next week. They're going to practice. They're going to be out there. They'll be game planning throughout that time. But to just opt out of the physical torture that you go through, just having to deal with a Chargers pass rush next week. <laughs> Austin Ryder left the game for a little bit tonight. Like you, you. Just just, you don't need you don't need any of that extra stress in your life. Even again, if you're not talking about just making sure guys are healthy, we are, we ain't seeing Sammy Watkins. He's inactive next week. I'm reporting it now. Like what calf injury, <laughs> doubtful right away. We are not seeing Sammy Watkins in the regular season. He's out. But I mean, if Tyreek Hill's looking a little gimpy, right. why would you have him out there? How'd you feel whenever Travis Kelsey Probably was hobbling off the field today? Woo. I felt Woo. bad. Woo. I felt bad bad i don't need that next week either and and so there's there is no world in which i think you can talk about how good andy reed is off of a bye or to start a season and then also be worried about a double length bye week just i think that is getting so into overthinking all of that and if you wanted to do something really if you wanted to do something really silly as a thought exercise what if the denver broncos said after week 17 Listen, we would love to get a few more reps in for our young guys. And, uh, you know, we want to get one more game of Drew Locke. Can we just, you guys aren't playing during the playoffs. Can we just play like an exhibition game? We'll come to you guys. We'll play an Arrowhead. And can we just get all our starters out there for one more game? We'll get a little more data. And you guys can stay finely tuned for the next week. Nobody <laughs> on the planet would take that. So what's the point of the bye week if you don't take them when they're there? Take the two weeks off. Let's see Matt Moore or Chad Haney yep. throw to Demarcus Robinson. And, you know, if you want to put McCall Hartman out there, that's fine. Let's see Garrick Dieter. Let's see Darwin Thompson. Let's see Willie Gay and, and DeAndre Baker. And don't worry about seeing any of those dudes for two weeks because they're going to be just fine whenever they take the field again. Yeah, the, the, that's what the I veterans think. have done their job and they've given an opportunity for younger yes. players to put to put things on tape, to, to, to put, you know, what they've worked on yes. all year. I mean, we haven't seen Bull Peep Keys at all. Like, he was drafted this yep. year. Um, they probably need yep. to see what he what he has, what he's gotten better at against a quality NFL competition, you know, in week 17. So um to prove your per- your point even further, Josh, um, they had a bye week and they were down 24 nothing to the Houston Texans. And then they scored 51 yep. points. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could take this a number of different ways, but like Somebody's gonna have to beat their first round wild card. Yep. Come to Kansas City and and play a near flawless game against the Chiefs to walk out of Arrowhead with a win. So right. what what's what's the harder thing to do? I, I think we know the answer. Um, just because even when the team I thought had no chance of coming back last year, because you know, the Chiefs hadn't won a Super Bowl in over 50 years and they looked like they were gonna have the most um, embarrassing playoff home loss in their history. They scored fifty-one points. So I mean, you know, it, it's asking a lot. 
it, here's here, here's I, I love I love the way that you put it, Josh, in terms of, you know, well, would we have someone come in and play an exhibition game? Of course you wouldn't. You want that extra time. Silly things, the bye provides an extra opportunity. You can practice if you take an extra week off. You can practice while knowing who, you know, you're of like four opponent options, are, yes. give or mm-hmm. take. And so you can start doing some preliminary scouting. Which like, they well, will do. Yes, they absolutely We'll be doing that. They're going to have, Reed's going to have a couple guys from his staff watching the Colts. He's going to have a couple guys watching the, and, and I don't have all the seedings figured out, right? So, you know, a couple guys will be watching, probably not the Steelers, because they'll be, probably not the Steelers or the Bills, right? Um, although, I mean, it's, it's just a weird deal who it could be and who it might not be, especially with this eighth team. It's really throwing me. Um, they are going to they're going to get a little early scouting. That's the advantage. You get to scout even more while the other team can't scout you, right? You get even healthier. The, their advantage is baked in. Here's the other thing. If the Chiefs need, like what I've seen a lot of people suggest is a half of football. Like, well, they should just play the first half. No. If you no. think. Stop that. What? Stop that. <laughs> Don't you do that. What? What possible ailment could they have that could get solved by playing a half of football? If they need a half of football, they are doomed. If they don't need it, they shouldn't play it. In either event, they shouldn't do it. Right. right? <laughs> and, and, so, and so there's just no there's no need for it. Practice matters so much more than people realize. Yes, yes reps. You, you, yeah, reps. And, and again, like you talked about at the beginning, they started this season. They looked pretty sharp against the Texans to start the season. No preseason games. A weird version of training camp, no right. OTAs, and again, no preseason games whatsoever. Everyone thought teams would look way sloppier than they did, which is going to be interesting if the NFLPA is ever able to like really string some stuff together. They're going to point at the beginning of the 2020 season and be like, you know, turns out players don't look like they need a four preseason game. You know, <laughs> it looks like they're just fine. Didn't see that rash of injuries. Didn't see that. Uh, I mean, we saw a rash of injuries, but we do every year. Yes. You know, we didn't see all this sloppy play. So I just don't understand the even potential risk. Stuff happens in football. When Travis Kelsey came down gimpy, that should show you guys something. We've seen what things look like with Eric Fisher banged up. Let him rest his back for the love of God. And please, Lejarius Sneed, just, he's really good. I know. Like, do I we know. have to play him? Like, Re- he's really good, and they're starting to rely on him to do some stuff. And I just, that's maybe not. I don't know. Just throwing ideas no. out there. I mean, it, it, rookies, man. Rookies out here playing. Um, <laughs> you just, you just going to you just gonna have to play. Uh, Tershawn Wharton, does he need to be out there? Sorry, young fella, this is the way it works out. <laughs> you know, there's a thing called seniority, and you ain't got it. Um, yeah, I know. We're gonna see. We're gonna see Wharton on the field. It's yeah, gonna, it's there, gonna it's, be so bad. It's it's not a preseason game, but it is something that you can take with you for 2021. Because as we've all alluded to, um, the 2021 roster will be different from the 2020 roster. It just <laughs> it just has to be. Like, yeah, from a salary cap standpoint. <laughs> Gotta look a little different. It's finally gonna matter. It's finally gonna be real. They're gonna actually have to do something. Um, you know, Nate, I was just thinking, for some reason, I don't know why I feel this way. I really feel like we should talk about why this game showed how important Clyde Edwards Hilaire is to so the Chiefs important. offense. So I important. just I feel I feel like it's really important that we address this right now, very quickly, that you know, maybe some of these carries, maybe this game would have been different with Clyde on the field. Do I have any statistical evidence to really back that up? No, but I'm going to say it anyway because I feel like it right now in this moment. And, you know, whatever reason that might be, who knows? Who knows right. why I say anything? I mean, look, Darren Williams, 10 carries, 46 yards. Not bad. Hey, respectable. Good. Respectable. I mean, Le'Veon Bell started great early, got a little nicked up. Got a little Did, nicked up. Didn't want to push him. Hey, he a veteran. <laughs> you know, again, he needs the bye week of all yes. things. Like, Darwin, Andrew walks over, are you a rookie? No? Okay, you're not playing. <laughs> Darwin Thompson is going to be lifting weights so much this week <laughs> against the Chargers. Um, but, like, you know, yeah, if Clyde was out there, you know, and thank goodness by my um, – there were a few players who were – um, using their Instagram accounts to uh, videotape their teammates. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was one of them. 
He looks to be fine, kids. He looks to uh, be like he looks. He looks good. He looks good. He may actually play in the playoffs. Oh, uh, wouldn't that um, be that would be awesome? And hey, it's just worth noting, like because you see, Bell played really well before he got dinged. Yeah, up. before he got hurt. Yeah, you can see the difference. Bell and Clyde do not need the same sort of blocking that Williams needs, and they can execute when, when it comes to Williams, especially. Uh, you know, I mean. They can execute different plays. They've been better running on the edge this year than they have been in the interior. And Daryl Williams cannot do that. That's that's not something he should be doing. <laughs> like again, he's faster than me. Make right. no mistake. But he but... just that that pitch was like as soon as they started running, I was like, well, this is not gonna go absolutely anywhere. So I mean, it's just worth noting. Did did, did it really move the needle having Clyde out? I mean, they. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm gonna use I'm gonna use a pretend version of inductive reasoning. They've never played a game that bad on offense with Clyde Edwards and mm. Larry Healthy. And all it, right, well I think <laughs> that's a good time to wrap up the show. Oh, Josh! You know what? Hey, you've been you know quiet what? for a while. What happened? You know what? All right, so here, let's go behind the music here. Here's what happened this time. Here's what happened this time. I got done talking about six minutes ago, and my internet just went, no, 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 you don't need to be in here. And so I opened, so, I, I had so, to like so re-log Seth into the took, Zoom. So took out his Wi-Fi, you know. And, uh, yeah. So Seth, <laughs> so yeah, Seth had somebody come solo. and unplug the Wi-Fi. And so I'm, I'm fighting back through it. I get back in the waiting room and stuff. And, I, and because, because Danielle didn't like check to see if I was still here, I thought for a second, like, have they not had an awkward silence? Have they not tried to throw it back to me at any point? <laughs> There's no way. It's been five entire minutes. And then and then I was I was uh reintroduced to the Zoom and you guys were still talking. And then I heard, well, you know, let's talk about the running back. And, and now I'm here. Now I had, I'm here. I saw that opportunity. I was that ten-year-old that got his seatbelt unbuckled, reached into the front seat, grabbed the steering wheel, and said, "It's my time. I'm steering this car." And we, did you guys by any chance talk about the linebackers in the five minutes that my Wi-Fi was no, out? Because that was the only thing we haven't talked no, no, about no. that I wanted to. But the show's already too long. No, yeah. no, no. I just, I just want to say this. Get out of here. We, we've reached the behind the music portion where these got so. Um, such a schism that our producer Danielle walked away. Walk, walked away from the label. <laughs> uh, uh, no one would fault me. No, 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 no kidding. No kidding. Because it was about an hour for the. I was like fifty-eight minutes when I lost my connection. I almost just texted you. I was like, "Why don't you just wrap it up? I'll figure I, this out and we'll." I'll give you. But, but then I got back in. And you were still talking. And apparently, listen. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm cutting you off for a number of reasons. One is because it is it, the podcast is over its limit. And we haven't talked about the linebackers, and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll touch on that a little more next week whenever you have a chance to look at it, Seth, because yes. I imagine that will be coming yes. perhaps in the Chief in the North newsletter where people could check all that out at bit.ly slash Seth Hates Money <laughs> or through links at his Twitter account. Nate, I imagine you're going to have something on theathletic.com maybe by the time people are hearing this podcast. We do the podcast first this week, mm-hmm. which never happens. You can check that out at theathletic.com or in the wonderful uh, athletic app, which I just think is a technical achievement, especially with some other apps out there from other big companies that have way worse apps that I won't name, whose names are typically around four letters <laughs> and might be read and known for oh, how big geez. of a sports company they are. Um, their app is, you know, it's no athletic app, I'll tell you that. And so you can uh, check that out there as well. And you can tweet all of us at uh, JB Briscoe, at by Nate Taylor, at Real MN Chiefs fan. We'll do another podcast previewing next week's game. It's just going to be weirder than usual. You know it. Because we will hopefully have an idea of who we're looking forward to. And honestly, it'll be kind of fun. It'll be kind of a little, kind of an off-season episode to to lead us into the playoffs, I imagine. Sweet. I th- Nate, Nate, I thought you were going to say something there, so I was I was scooting back again, assuming that my internet's still working and you can hear me. Uh, yes, I can still hear you. And uh, look, I, I just, I don't know what's going to happen, y'all. But I what I do know is, Darwin Thompson is gonna be out here lifting weights. He, he's he is prepared. Okay, some like I'm gonna start naming the guys in Week 17 who were like yes. rubbing their hands together, like yep. mm-hmm, my time to shine. Yep. This is this is the Darwin Thompson 180 yard game. Yes. <laughs> if you're still in a fantasy league that has you playing Week 17, go drop a wave for claim on Darwin Thompson because he's either gonna have a, he's either gonna have 160 yards rushing or nine fumbles. And I don't you just let's just let it let's just let it ride. Let it roll. <laughs>